Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Coming up, Guernsey marks one year to go until the Ireland Games and the chairman of the IIGA says he's happy with how things are looking here. Member Islands, uh, they're practically all here. I get the feeling that they like what they have experienced and that they're looking forward for the next year's NatWest International Island Games. A full interview with Jorgen Pettersson to come. Uh, elsewhere, National Hill Climb competition returns to the Val d'Ater this weekend with leading local driver Nick Saunders expecting something special. It's great to have the guys back again. Um, they're going so much quicker now since they last were over. It's going to be impressive to watch them. We'll also talk athletics as another island record falls to Abby Galpin at Foots Lane. British champion Ala Chalmers prepares to make his World Championship bow on Saturday and dozens of local runners get ready to tackle the all-terrain challenge. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me is Gareth Leprevo. Hi, Tony. And Jamie Ingram. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you both. Um, first, let's talk some cricket, though, because uh, it is a huge month for the island with Guernsey's men off to Finland for their T20 World Cup qualifier and seven sides coming here to join our under 19s for a World Cup qualifier of their own. Uh, plenty more on both of those to come in the next couple of weeks uh, but this week it was all about the top of the table clash in Evening League 1. Uh, Griffins and Indies who both started the week unbeaten saw their first match of the season washed out uh, but there was no danger of that on Tuesday night at the KG5 and we got a, a bit of a low scoring thriller Gareth, we were both down there beautiful muggy evening for cricket, absolutely no danger of uh, any rain interruption and uh, yeah we, we pretty much or a, a kind of full-length spectacle. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really fascinating game in the end, Tony. I mean, I think if anyone sort of, if any casual viewer had gone down to the KG5, they're probably expecting perhaps 180 plays, 181 or something like that. And it turned out, like you say, I mean, they only just about managed to scramble 200 in, in, in together. So um, it was a very different game to what I was expecting and to what others were probably expecting. But it turned out to be a really, really good one. And um, you know, Indies opting to bat and scoring 133. Well, I thought that was probably about 40 below what they would have wanted at least. Um, and they just they had to get early wickets, and they did so. I mean, to get four wickets in the power play against Griffins, who have got a very long batting lineup, was just a great effort. And sort of that just the momentum swung. It was sort of like whoever was in the field was just producing the goods brilliantly. Griffins had bowled really well. They'd their fielding backed it up. And then uh, Indies almost went better than that, which I, I thought was going to be very hard to do. But um, yeah, they held their nerve really well. And um, for a top of the table clash, it had sort of like the drama and the intensity you want in it. There was, there was sort of a bit of needle here and there without ever sort of crossing the, the line. Um, but it turned into a really good game. And um, yeah, Indies came out um, deserved winners on the night because of their, their bowling performance. Yeah, decent crowd down there at the KG5 as well. A few packing into the, the Legends Terrace or onto the Legends Terrace and, and, and around the ground as well. Um, yeah, really good spectacle. I mentioned that the, what Guernsey's Island players have got coming up in, in, in the way of Finland. How, how beneficial do you think it is to, to get a kind of high intensity game in like that? Before the trip, well, they did. Yeah, it it sort of shows that um, perhaps our island players need to be facing quality bowling and quality fielding a bit more often than they do in in top flight at the moment. Because, I mean, the, the scores this season have been huge. I mean, Indies a week earlier had racked up what, 229, I think it was. So um, they've obviously been flying with the bat. Um, but up against a good bowling attack, you know, um, Luke Bishard and Dane Mullen have proved over the last couple of years to be sort of an outstanding opening attack for Griffins and then sort of turn to their spinners who are very good as well. 
So um, that's the sort of bowling they'll be coming up against in Finland. So they need to actually sort of face that perhaps a bit more often. Um, typically, I mean, you wouldn't have got very good odds on Matt Stokes being the top scorer in a, in a top-of-the-table clash because that's just what he does. And um, his 43 proved absolutely vital. And Tom Nightingale has been in really good form and he got 30-odd, which he would have been disappointed not to go on further in the game. But as it turned out, their partnership proved absolutely pivotal because um, in a low-scoring game, a third-wicket partnership of 76 just... Um, just swung it really for it didn't sort of perhaps seem it at the time because they, they weren't going particularly quickly but um, in the grand scheme of things come the end of the night you look back on what they did as a partnership and um, it was something that no other partnership was able to do so that really proved crucial for indies yeah well you can read a full report in thursday's paper full highlights as well um, on the website gunspress.com and um, on our social channels here a little bit from nathan Letizia, indies captain very happy um with uh, his side's victory on tuesday night and uh, one more to go for them um to claim their first ever roselle shield as i say lots more um cricket coverage in the next couple of weeks because we've got two big tournaments home and away um to look forward to Speaking of something to look forward to, on the horizon now creeping into uh, sight is the Island Games, the NatWest International Island Games returning to Guernsey, of course, for a third time uh, in 2023. We will have had to wait four years between games um, when it eventually happens um, for obvious reasons. Well, last week was a bit of a a milestone in the build-up with representatives from all of the islands, or most of the islands, coming over to Guernsey to tour the venues, sort out their, well, start to sort out their accommodation, um, their transport, and of course, for the IIGA AGM, which took place um, on Saturday. Uh, Jamie, we were sort of covering various bits of this uh, this visit there were touring venues on thursday down at um government house on friday night for the official countdown the the 365 day mark being passed um and then on saturday i was along at the iiga agm at the coat hills um, where gozo was voted in as a new member so the uh, the number of islands um increasing to 24 for guernsey next year really good to see them um involved and lots of enthusiasm i think from the uh, the gozo side of things they're gonna uh, supposedly send 60 to 70 athletes next summer so a really good contingent um but it started out on thursday with that that venue tour jamie and we went along to bozajor to see where up to possibly 700 of the games team members are going to be staying next year yeah so the organizers are sort of set out uh spot of glamping for those taking part it won't be absolutely everyone but it's on their table and yeah we're looking at a setup of potentially 200 different tents each housing three or four people all through all around the softball diamond area at Beaux-Azur. Uh We may also have marquees for the larger islands and they'll be catered. There'll be a security around. Yeah, it looks like a very interesting setup and fingers crossed for good weather. Yeah, definitely got a few people talking. Um, some of the feedback... Uh, I think from people here in Guernsey who were sort of wondering how athletes would be able to compete to their best having spent a few nights on a a camp bed Um, but certainly speaking to the um, yeah speaking to some of the the delegates that were over from various islands everyone seemed quite positive about it Um, not least Jorgen Pettersson the chairman of the uh, International Island Games Association uh, who who gave the bed a bit of a road test his feet sticking out the bottom Um, the uh, the inspirational volleyball player it's one of my the better pitches we've had in in recent times <laughs> he's such a legendary figure isn't he Jorgen Pedersen he's a lovely man and uh, it's just it's just uh, great to see him he just he just always makes the positive out of every situation he, he's just uh, he's a 
real um, he's a proper sort of leader for the IIGA and it's 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 great whenever you see him and uh, yeah it did make me laugh when I saw him stretch out on one of those camp beds yeah he looked very happy and he was very happy um, by all accounts uh, with what he saw over the weekend I caught up with him um, on Saturday at the Coatills where the IIGA AGM had been taking place just to find out what he thought of uh, what he's seen over the weekend and, uh, and how excited he was to finally get to this year to go mark well, here we are, Jürgen, in the brilliant sunshine uh, at the Coatills. The IIGA AGM has just taken place uh, in person, which is fantastic to see. Um, just gives a sense of, of how you reflect on the last couple of days and the, the visit to Guernsey this year. First of all, the sense of comeback that we're here again, finally. We've been struggling over the pandemic as everyone else, and we've been looking for ways out and the way back to normal again and, and this is a quite large step actually on our way back to normal we can see that from the attendance of the member islands uh, they're practically all here uh, they have shown uh, great enthusiasm from what they've seen and they've do done all the planning they were been looking at hotels and venues and and all sort of things and it uh, i get the feeling that they like what they have experienced and that they're looking forward for the next year's NatWest International Island Games. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And a, quite a special moment today, um, a, a, a different moment for, for an AGM. It's been a while since we had a new member in the Island Games Association. Um, and we do today, Gozo, uh, I think, unanimously voted in as the 24th island. Um, how special is it for you as the, the head of this, this, this movement, if you like, to, to see another island wanting to get involved and, and you know, all of the fellow members actually wanting them to, to come in? Mostly because we, we've always considered ourselves as sort of a family consisting of uh, members from all over the, the globe, literally, with different cultures, different sports, different interests, different backgrounds and all that. We've been looking for cultural di diversity ever since the start in 1985. We... At an early stage, we said that we would not have more than 25 members, which is good because that would probably make it quite difficult to administrate and so on. Need a lot of tents. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and and uh, uh, we've, we've had uh, islands who, who's been in and then out again, such as uh, Rhodos, Rhodes, for example, and Prince Edward Island. And uh, some of them uh, do fit in and some of them don't fit in. And, and today we have uh, uh, voted in unanimously, as you very rightfully said, uh, Gozo, the uh, Maltesian island, which have all the qualities, as it seems like, uh, to fit in in our family. They have... Uh, fantastic sporting life there they have good infrastructure they are different thank heaven we don't want people to be all the same do we and they looks like they're doing this by the right reasons and the membership appreciated that so we're very happy to say that we're 24 member islands again that's fantastic and i spoke to kevin from the gozo island games association just before uh, he said they're looking to bring as many as 60 athletes over next year so it's a real commitment it's not like they're just kind of here to make up the numbers they want to be a, bring a significant presence they are they are surely and they're going to go home with quite a few medals i guess because they're not bad and they're going to bring in uh, other traditions, their own traditions, which is good. We're here to learn. And you mentioned that the sort of upper limit that you set early on was 25 members. Obviously, this is 24. So there's room for one more, potentially. I mean, are you on the lookout for, for another member? Not for the moment. We're, we're in the process of growing slowly. There is no hurry. We don't 
need to have 25 members before, because we can. We only take in those who we think can contribute to the to the whole picture, and, and, and Gozo is one of those islands. And obviously, the pandemic has caused a, a massive interruption, and, and you know it's been very difficult for a lot of people. In terms of the Island Games Association's work, uh, the fact that we that we had to delay the games in Guernsey by two years, that the, the, these people, all, all you guys, haven't been able to get together and, and talk about things. But but seeing everyone here today, does it feel like the Island Games movement has come through the other side of the pandemic as strong as it went in? Uh, I would say it's stronger and that's something we said when it started in 2020. We were looking for possibilities. We all realised that what is happening is larger than we really can understand. But we were also very determined unanimously within the membership that we shall do whatever we can in order to come back stronger than we were before. And the inclusion of Gozo into this family, that is a sign of that. IIGA Chairman Jorgen Pettersen speaking to me there. Um, keep your eyes peeled later this week for the first in our Island Games podcast series. We're going to be doing a monthly show um, in the build-up to Guernsey 2023. Hopefully hearing from all of the islands um, as we build up to the Games. Also hearing from the um, sports coordinators here in Guernsey to... Well, I guess sort of build the uh, build the anticipation locally, but also you know, give um, listeners from around the world, from those other islands, athletes hoping to compete potentially, and, and others coming to cheer them on. Um, a little insight into how their fellow islanders are getting on in the preparation, and also what the sports are going to look like um, when they get here. So, yeah, a monthly show which we're going to be dropping into this feed. The first one. Um, coming on Friday so do keep an ear out for that you'll hear from a host of the delegates who came over to Guernsey and for the AGM and also catching up with Games Director Julia Bowditch to find out um, how things went from the organisers end and find out a little bit more about her extensive experience um, in in helping put on big sporting events so an interesting interview with her so uh, keep your ears peeled for that one Um, coming up next though we're going to talk hill climb because it's a big weekend on the Val Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Uh, do give us a follow on social media if you aren't already at GSY Press Sport on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, the very best local sports coverage can be found in the pages of the Guernsey Press Monday uh, to Saturday. And we're going to look ahead to Saturday now, Jamie, because uh, a really big weekend for motorsport fans and motorsport devotees in Guernsey because we're going to see the return of the National Hill Climb Championship after three years away. Um, some of the quickest cars from around the country uh, coming back here to to tackle one of the more iconic venues on the circuit, the Val d'Etaire. As we record this uh, on Wednesday, um, those same drivers are over in Jersey taking on Booty Bay, so uh, the National Hill Climb rounds um, returning to the Channel Islands. Uh, Jamie, just put it into perspective for us how big this is because the, the drivers have waited a while to see the kind of speeds potentially that we're going to see this weekend. I think you'll hear it uh, from Nick Saunders in a minute, but yeah, he's... He's very confident that we're going to see the hill climb records go. I'm sure they're lovely, very, very warm weather is going to help. I'm sure, in my opinion, and the opinion of a lot of others, this is the biggest event in the, CR- in the Guernsey motorsport calendar. And it'll be great to have it back after three years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hear from Nick Saunders then, one of the, the leading local drivers, um, someone who's going to be uh, targeting uh, a record speed as far as he's concerned, and someone who's also going to be interested to see how quick some of the visiting cars are going to go this weekend. I caught up with him ahead of 
of him racing in Jersey. So uh, we wait to see how he gets on there. And head, of course, of Saturday's hill climb here in Guernsey. First of all, Nick, just um, give us a sense of, uh, you know, your excitement this week. Um, obviously, you're off in Jersey right now and then, you know, back home on the Val on Saturday. But just to have um, these national hill climb rounds back again, how, how excited are you for it? It's fantastic. It's great to have the guys back again. Um, they're going so much quicker now since they last were over. It's going to be impressive to watch them. Um, de- depends on how we get on sort of thing. It's going to be a struggle to keep up with them this year um, with the speed they're going. But yeah, it's going to be amazing to have them back over again. And to it's a challenge for us, which we want we want to do sort of thing. Yeah, and obviously we haven't had these national hill climb rounds in the Channel Islands for a little while. Has kind of hill climbing been rumbling on around England? I mean, is that where that kind of advantage has been sort of built in from your competitors? Yeah, it's still be. They did have a year off, but it has continued um, in the UK the last couple of years sort of thing. Um, and the top guys seem to have progressed so much. They've, there's so much more electronics on their cars now. Um, tire development has come on and... I suppose driving more often that they've come on as well it's it's going to be a challenge but one that I'm really looking forward to and what about your own progression over the last couple of years I mean um, uh, without that sort of carrot of you know off-island competition coming over and the opportunity I guess that you've had in the past to get away um, has it been difficult to kind of maintain motivation for you as a sort of top-end driver locally uh, no, not at all, really, because it, it's one of my massive passions sort of thing. So racing the car is, just drives me forward all the time. And I've, the last few years, I've been progressing, progressing, getting a lot quicker each time. Um, it's coming to the low 27 at the end of last year. Um, so hopefully um, I've got a new set of tyres for this weekend. So hopefully that and with the weather the way it's going to be, that's going to and the guys being over, it's going to push me even further to maybe even look at a 26. How much would that mean if you could touch that, you know, after all the years you've been sort of putting into it? Uh, it would just be amazing. It just, it, I, I can't say how thrilled I would be if I could get somewhere to there. The unfortunate thing is I do actually think that the top two or three guys could even do a 25. That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. But yeah, if, if, I could, if I could get close to a 26, then yeah, I'd just be so happy. And we're speaking to you um, from Jersey. You're there uh, for the midweek round, uh, Booty Bay. Um, I mean, for want of a worse pun, will you go full throttle into that or do you keep something back for, for Saturday when you, when you come back here? Each round is a different round. We've got to, we've got to go. We're here to race. We've got to go for it t- uh, tomorrow. Um, there's no point coming half-hearted. We want to, we want to do the best we can um, and sort of like make the Channel Islands proud of us. So um, we'll, we'll be going for it. Is there a real buzz back among kind of all the drivers locally um, to, you know, to see these national hill climbs um, back on the calendar? Yeah, I, I think so. It's, it's a completely different atmosphere when they're here. It really, everyone seems to really sort of rise to the occasion. Um, the atmosphere around the paddock just seems to be better, or not better, but um, everyone just wants to see the cars. There's such spectacular cars and stuff like that, and to watch them and see them race... Um, it just raises every, everyone wants to be part of it sort of thing um, and I think with Saturday I think we could see some very fast times and everyone wants to be a part of that and be part of the day sort of thing. Is it still the biggest show in town when it comes to, to motorsport in the island? I think it is yeah by far. Um, we we have some amazing stuff in the Channel Islands for motorsport. The weekend just gone with the Seafront Sunday was just un- incredible but I do think this is the this is the pinnacle of hill climbing and stuff like that. 
Um, and in a way, not that it's really amateur anymore, but amateur motorsport. So you can't get much better. And, and for the guys that are coming over, the ones that are expecting or you're expecting to go super quick, um, you know, sort of speaking to them, do you expect that they'll be kind of thrilled to be able to get back to, to the Vatater and, and over in Jersey as well? Because, uh, you know, these are two sort of iconic, um, iconic hills on, on the circuit, I guess. Yeah, no, they, they can't wait either. They, they love coming over to the Channel Islands. Um, it, the, two, the two hills are completely different hills, um, but they're also different to the UK events as well. So they can't wait to come over and challenge themselves against what we're doing. And obviously it's a super hot week. I'm sweating just sitting here talking to you now. Um, can it be too hot for, for hill climb though? I mean, I know you guys, you know, you like it when it's dry and, and when it's not too cool. But, but if it, you know, pushes sort of 30, um, does that become a challenge in itself? Previous years we've seen that um, when it's got really warm like this, the road can start sweating. So it can make it a little bit slipperier. Um, but again, it's the same for all of us. So we all have to put up with it and deal with it and everyone will be trying the new Pirelli tires that we're all using now do seem to be pretty pretty good so I don't I don't see any real massive issues in this weather and just finally um for anyone listening you know who's thinking about popping down and having a look just remind us how it sort of plays out on the day um yeah when does it all sort of happen yeah so about nine o'clock um we'll start practice runs so everyone will get two practice runs um, which will take up towards about lunchtime, I would have thought. Um, and then there'll be a, for the people that have actually registered for the British Hill Climb Championships, there'll be a, um, a qualifying run. So everyone gets one chance to, do, to set a qualifying time. And then after that, the top 12 drivers will have a shootout to see actually who is the quickest out of the 12. Um, and then once that's done, um, we go back to another qualifying run. Um, to again to see who's the, who the top 12 will be to go through for the final shootout of the day. And in terms of the top 12, um, uh, obviously you'll be um, hoping to, to be in that mix. Uh, will we see any other local drivers in contention for that? Yeah, we've got quite a few this year. You've got Tim Tully that's been driving fantastically well this year. He can He's getting close to a 27 run, second run now. Uh, Steve Breo is also in the mid-28s. Um, you've also got um, Matt Broad could also... Um, pull a time out on the day um those are the main ones i would have said that will be challenging for the run of positions fantastic best of luck nick cheers tony bye-bye guernsey driver nick saunders speaking to me there uh, looking forward to seeing how he goes on saturday jamie you'll be down there i think uh, to cover it so um plenty more coverage uh, in the paper um to follow uh, so do keep your eyes peeled for that one um i think you're also going to be keeping your eyes peeled on saturday night jamie for ala chalmers because he goes in the heats of the 400 hurdles over in oregon yeah so we've got our own ala chalmers at the athletics world championships uh it's held at hayward field in oregon and he's a big race performer he's gonna love that atmosphere because it is basically the track and field capital of the united states so, yeah, we're looking at him actually having a good chat, making a semi-final. Uh, beyond there, yeah, we'll have to see. 
It's not impossible for him to make the final. He needs to race to his ability. And the Guernsey Island record, which he set relatively recently, is under threat. We'll have to see what he can do against the top guys in the world. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing how he goes. I think 20 past nine our time on Saturday night um, is when his heat goes off. Uh, so we'll be watching that one. Closer to home, it's been another great week for Abby Galpin. Yeah, so Abby is now, now has the sprint treble. Not only is she Guernsey's fastest woman ever over 100 metres and 200 metres, she's picked up the distance significantly and set a Guernsey 400 metre record in her first time contesting the quarter mile in three years <laughs> it, was an impress- it was impressive to watch probably a bit out of the blue unless you've been following her training really really closely but yeah she seemed like a natural the way she tackled that whole lap of Fritz Lane potential for her to, to triple up at the Island Games next year mm. well actually um Tom Druce, her coach, who also at one point held the Guernsey 100, 200, 400 treble, was looking at the all-time best performances over 400 metres at, in the Island Games. If she could replicate her 55.22 second run she achieved at Foots Lane at the weekend, then she would become the second quickest athlete ever at the Island Games over 400 metres. Which, yeah, that's quite a prospect. That's pretty astonishing, really, when you think about it, isn't it? The, the strides she's taken in the last year or two, um, she seems to break a record every time she gets on the track down there. So, um, yeah, great stuff. Not sure we're going to see any records on the cliffs, are we, in the All-Terrain Challenge this week, um, given the heat. What do you reckon? Well, that said, OK, so we've got Steve Dawes taking it on. He is the Guernsey record holder for the E-Car Cliff Loop, which is kind of the flagship event of the All-Terrain Challenge. Uh, yeah, so it was actually a very rainy day when he sets his current records. So, I mean, he's trading rain for heat. We'll have to see how he gets on. But yeah, I would not, for one, want to be tackling the downhills when it's slippery. Just look at the all-terrain challenge as a whole. Certainly his entry stands out. Is there anyone else you're going to be keeping a close eye on next week? Um, it will be an interesting one. Uh, Matt Loveridge, who's a legend of the event, he's won it quite a few times and he's really impressive to watch up the hills. He's so physically strong. But yeah, he's on the entry list. Um, what shape he's in, we'll have to find out. A busy week for the all-terrain challengers. Um, they're going to be all over the place. Not something I've got around to entering so far in my uh, prodigious athletics career, even though I've threatened to do it a few times. One day, one day. Um, Gareth, what else are you uh, watching this weekend? Because we've got Guernsey FC ratcheting up their pre-season preparations. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago they, they were playing, does it? Um, yeah, Guernsey FC are um, hosting Stanfield this weekend, uh, three o'clock on Saturday. Um, so this is all the start of what hopefully for GFC is actually back to a normal season, which will get underway in August, unlike last year where they started in October and had to cram in about 18 games in 10 weeks to finish the season. So um, I'm, uh, I hope it's not too warm for them on Saturday because I don't think I'd particularly like to be playing football in that weather. But um, no, it's uh, be interesting to see who, who's going to be turning out for them and um, how preparations go. Of course, they go from there to they've got the Isle of Man trip in, in just over a week for the Skipton Cup. And then um, they'll have one more home uh, friendly before the season begins proper. So um, that'll be good to see how they go. Three o'clock kickoff, that one, as you said, the first of a, a couple of um, home friendlies either side of the Skipton Cup. Um, more on that next week. Well, what else is going on this weekend, Gareth? The Guernsey Senior Island Men's Golf Championship comes to a head um, on the weekend with the semi finals on Saturday, and then the final will be on Sunday. 
Um, and we've also got, there's plenty of bowls action going on now. We're sort of well into the Ireland Championships, all the various categories they've got of that. And the open, the open singles is on Friday night and uh, Nicole Pairs on, on Saturday as well. So it's going to be a pretty busy weekend. Um, it's, it's, when you look at the weather, it's one of those, that, it's lovely weather, but it might almost be too hot to be, <laughs> to be out in it. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's set to continue, isn't it? It's going to be a tasty weekend. Um, let's leave it there. Plenty going on. Um, plenty more coverage of, uh, of all of that, I think, in the, um, the pages of the press over the next few days. And of course, we'll be back next week um, with a, another Guernsey Press Sport podcast. Just a reminder to keep your ears out for that Island Games show, the first in a monthly series, which is going to be building up uh, to the games next year. So uh, do give that one a listen. Um, for now, we'll leave it there. Have a good weekend, guys. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.